Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. <laughs> well, check that out, Doc. We, we're big time now. We got us some music. A jingle. <laughs> A jingle. <laughs> big time, baby. Like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I hear you, man. That's awesome. Well, we are for real enjoying bringing these podcasts to our folks. We're getting a lot of positive response. And as long as folks are responding to it and enjoying it, and, and as long as it's helpful, uh, I, I guess we're, we're able and ready and willing to stick, stick it out. huh? Hey, <laughs> hey Keith, I got I, I didn't tell you this, but, uh, I guess we're going to do it on the air. So, uh, our last podcast, uh, episode two was on the the fitness podcast with the with the crazy crossfit dude who was giving us exercise tips and and now you trust uh, me i remember i'm <laughs> myself my whole life signed up yeah so we we uh i got i get this message uh to the to our instagram page and it's a it's a, it's a gentleman i won't say his name out of, out of respect but he says something to the effect of uh uh y'all quit being fake nobody looks like that uh, talking about, a, uh, I, I showed a picture of James Lancaster <laughs> yeah. uh, with his shirt off. And uh, I, I, I can't help but think, I, I hope I hope folks aren't missing the point. We, we know that nobody looks like that. that. That's why we want, that's why we brought that information. Because <laughs> yeah. we need to look like that. So <laughs> we, I just, we, we, know, we know how everybody looks. Just yeah. like. The fat brother that's talking to you right now. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if we were going to need to clarify that, but I just wanted to. I wanted to get that out there because it was a fo- little follow up. That's awesome. Well, we are going to have fun this week for sure. We have a fella that has become just. We're so fond of Brad Arrington. Uh, there's a few of us, me included, that have entrusted him with uh, a possession that. We probably hold more closely to our families than we would like to admit. <laughs> but Brad Arrington is out of Georgia, and he is a professional retriever trainer. I guess more generally a professional dog trainer. His outfit is called Mossy Pond Retrievers. Brad, we are so happy to have you. Where are you right now, brother? Or are you even there? <laughs> y- yes, sir. Right here. I'm. I'm excited to be on here, um, Mr. Keith and Mr. Dawkin. Um, we are in New York right now at our, our northern facility in the summer, and I I'm excited. I, I appreciate the opportunity to jump on here with y'all and chat with two of my good duck hunting buddies. Well, that's all. Well, Brad, it, clearly you don't hail from New York State. <laughs> I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say this is this is a little bit awkward for me. You guys talk funny. I know. You, did, you didn't I catch the it. New York accent. I love it, guy. I love it. So, <laughs> so you're you're from down in South Georgia, right? Where's your home base? My home base is um, Patterson, Georgia, which is close to Waycross, Georgia. We're about an hour um, north of Jacksonville, Florida. And that sounds way, way, way too hot there to be training dogs on July 27. I'm assuming is why you're in New York State right now. Yes, sir. We um we bring a lot of the um trial dogs and the hunt test dogs, the more competitive dogs that we have to um, run longer distance with. We bring them up in the um, summer. We also have a a gun dog and boarding facility up here that runs year round. But our um, we bring about 
um, 40 dogs up competitive dogs. Now we do, we still do boarding in Georgia um, throughout the um, summer and we do our, our um, gun dogs and a lot of our competitive dogs that are puppies. We do a lot of puppy training even in Georgia, even though it's hot, but keep them in the water and we have, we have pumps on all our water. So our, our water's pumped fresh every day so we can keep them cool in Georgia as well. But yeah, for the, for the older dogs that got to make some big retrieves, we got to, we got to keep them cool up here in New York. That's awesome. So how long have you been training dogs professionally? Well, they, um, you know, I guess um, getting, they, they call it professional when you start getting paid for it. That's right. That's what I mean. <laughs> since, two, since 2003, um, I've been um, getting paid for dog training. Um, we, we started competitively training and competing at a national level um, probably around 07. Oh, but, very um, cool. Yeah. And how old a guy are you? Heck, you, I didn't even think you was barely 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've been doing this, playing with it my whole life. So um, I'm 34 years old. And um, I've, we've been, soon. when I was in high school, I was I was um, playing with dogs and grew up. Um, my dad, he raised horses and broke horses. So um, I, I got where I was tired of mucking stalls and toting feed barrels so um my my little brother he he kept uh messing with the horses and i took to the dogs i i never looked at dog cleaning up for dogs and taking care of dogs i never looked at that as work and they never looked at the horses as work and i that's looked at cool. horse like <laughs> i looked that's at horse pretty like, cool Gosh, he's he's too much work for me that's cool now you being from south georgia originally have you ever fooled with bird dogs hunting with them or training them that that's you know we're we compete our business um i get a lot of people all the time gosh i got a, a such and such dog or a such and such dog i know you wouldn't even look at him brad but uh, i think a lot of people because we're competitively in the retriever game um but we probably 40 percent 30 percent bird dog and wow. um the other are retrievers, and I don't know, probably twenty percent just obedience. I mean, we we got pit bulls, Rottweilers, German Shepherds that we do obedience for. We'll do it for any breeds um, on the obedience, but then we do a lot of bird dogs and a lot of retrievers, a lot of upland dogs, um, the quartering flushers. So um, you know, if it's, if it's I, a good dog, we 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 train it and uh, we run competitions. Well, all the gun dogs, and then we also uh, play with the obedience, too. Yeah, I've never personally been involved in the the competitive retriever game much, but just being a hunter all my life and being around off and on different dogs and, and, and meeting trainers, I've always found just I have a little personal theory about this, and I'd like for you to visit, visit with just real quick. Sounds like you may be falling into this category. I, I don't know if there's anything to this. I've never heard it from, said or I've never read it. But uh, to me, every time I run across a Cracker Jack, sure enough, retriever trainer, you get to digging and you find out that they really have a background in bird dogs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is that true? Well, I, have I, you found that? I, I've trained, I've probably trained more bird dogs than I have retrievers. Isn't that something? It's just something about how a guy 
that, you know, I don't know if the, not to get into philosophy of training, but it's like, it's just like an old timer, more of a, they're just able to speak the language of a dog, a bird dog guy. I don't know. They just have a, a demeanor about it that seems a little bit more rough and gruff, but more the language of, of love, so to speak, with a dog, you can get them out of, you can get it out of I don't know many people that want to call themselves a dog trainer um, that live in the state of Georgia if they don't know how to train a bird dog because everybody, that that's bird dog capital of the world. You that's know. awesome. Well, and I'm going to tell you something else it's capital of. It's a capital of fine retriever trainers that have come from a background of training bird dogs. I'm telling you, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, they and got a lot. And that's of- your camp, it sounds like. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, I want to, you know, one of the issues that always comes up uh, amongst, and I'm sure you hear about it more than what you even, you're probably cringing, oh, Lord, I bet I know what he's going to talk and ask about. But it's it's this whole deal of picking a puppy. You know, everybody gets a hankering. They're going to get a good dog. They got a they got a dream of having their first real dog or even their fifth real dog. And, and it's the issue of, of, of picking the best puppy for me, you know, well, how do how, what, there's all sorts of theories, you know, you, you hear, get, get the runt, get the most energetic, get the, the, the one that's, that's going after the bird wing. I got one before you answer. I always heard the old dog racers up in Alaska they said that the Indians would take a litter of pups and throw them all in the river and throw them to kill them. And the only ones that would make it across would be the ones they'd take the time to train. I mean, that's for, <laughs> you know, there, there are all sorts of crazy ideas about this topic. But certainly if you're going to invest a good 10 to 15 years in an animal being part of your family and the expense and, and the, the amount of time that you treasure hunting, it, it is an important decision. It, do you have any advice or guidance on that? Well, um, you know, y- yes, I, I do. It, it, it's still tough, though. The, the, to answer the question quick first before I get into the long spiel is, you know, the biggest thing is after you take that pup home is how it's brought up. That That's the key. Um, you know, every, I could put the best two dogs in the world together and have a great breeding and line the stars up for you perfectly but when you take that pup home i mean every single day from the time it um i mean at four weeks stuff that you start doing with them until seven weeks when they go away from their litter mates all the way up until you know a trainer gets them a trainer normally doesn't want them until they're five or six months but every single day is so important so that that is the the biggest part of making a great pup a great pup but to answer your question um into when you're actually picking that pup yeah what do you do that'd be the easiest way to answer like when you look at a litter of pups and you know what environment you're going to do you know that every day you're going to be making you know building blocks and all the things that you do to 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 engender in that dog a love for it you know just to have fun and just be all those things that you do for puppies and that you, you know that you can talk about later but you know that's going to happen when you're looking at a litter but surely you just don't go blind and just say any meeny miny mo i mean what do you have a hunch does one speak to your spirit or what do you, what do you do right well you know that there, there's several different 
qualities, um, you know, over the years that and aggressiveness and alpha and and style um, seems like it bends people more to that dog. That's a stronger dog. That's a, but over the years, I've changed. I, I want that even demeanor level dog. I want that dog that, yeah, he, he's not sensitive. He's not shy. He's not spooking out of the litter when I go up there. If I throw the pigeon, he's not, um, he doesn't spook away. He's interested. He doesn't have to tackle it, but he's interested. Um, you know, but he's not the guy that's running around tackling all the other puppies with his chest bowed out, pushes everybody away. Well, gotcha. You know, a lot of people and a lot of my hunting buddies and um you know they want the big baddest thing in the litter and a, a lot of people want that pup but it seems like that pup ends up being harder to train down the road and, right um, man that makes sense good night that's good info doc yeah <laughs> so so brad just 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 i think i know what you're saying but just just to clarify you you're looking for the puppy who literally just doesn't do anything when has has little to no reaction no i, I wouldn't say that I, I like a puppy to be interactive with the with the um person with people you know if you're walking around i like him to hang out and be walking and check you out um you know you throw the pigeon he's he's interested but kind of aggressive um, just solid not, just a solid demeanor right just, right right there in the middle you know i definitely yeah. don't, i definitely don't want one shot and i but i don't want that guy that's a big bully either i like the um middle of the road and then you know that doesn't depend on the other puppies when he sees all the other puppies are gone and he looks around he doesn't start spooking and start shy he can still hang out with you go for a walk oh. i mean on the day that you're picking them out i mean you start hey, walking hey around. doc Doc, I yeah. am seeing this in my mind's eye that that just Brad has given us enough info that he's helped us by listening to him. But also, it fascinates me that I want to watch him. Yeah, because me too. I just saw it in my mind, him trying to explain something that just like it is for me when I'm trying to explain to people how to work some ducks with a call in the woods. There is so much instinct that is innate when you've done something. So, but it that gives me chills to think because I'm telling you, just to hear you talk, Brad, I can I guarantee you that you can look at a litter in just about three seconds, know which one. That is awesome. <laughs> that is so cool, Doc, to think about that. That that I, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. But even knowing that. I may I may get the second best dog, yeah. but he, you you have taught I know exactly, and that makes total sense. I mean, it's just like in athletics. There's a lot of athletes that are uncoachable, you know. That's right. That's right. And 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 so their value will forevermore be limited. And I want to uh, go back to that first part that I was saying. You know, all right. So I went and I was the one there picking the puppy out, and I did all my due diligence on the litter and everything, and I. I hung out with the um pups for a day or two grabbed a motel um spent two days with the pups i really feel like i i know which one i want i get the right one and we raise puppies and we train for a lot of breeders out there probably 30 or 40 different breeders we train for and we i say man i really like that blue collar one that that one's gonna be nice and the little green collar uh, I, 
I mean, shy, spooking away, just not the not the one I'm looking for. And I know the owners that got both of them. So they go home. Well, the little green collar that I didn't like, that guy's calling me every day. Hey, what do I do here? What do I do here? The other blue collar guy, life's busy for him. He, he's always gone, you know. How, how's your pup doing? Well, blue collar's still in the uh, pen. We're, we're caretaking for him, and he's got all the shots done, but we haven't been able to do much with him, Brad. Well, then, mm-hmm. well, then I get him, and I go to work on him, and I'm like, man, all of this stuff in just this short period of time, these three or four months, this, this little green collar is going to, I mean, I don't know if I can catch up with this blue collar. There is so much stuff that goes on in those three or four months that is so important in in the rest of that dog's life and i got you socialized and how that prey drive has woke up and everything so what i'm getting at if you get a puppy and your last pick your very last pick on the on the sheet you can still make that pup if it's in them you can still make that pup great and you can also have the best puppy in the world and you can mess them up if you don't yeah, do, so your, if you good don't do the right things and bringing them up right. And that's good news because we can control that. You can control and you that can't part. control whether you pick the best one. That's right. That's right. And wow. Hey, that is so. So, in other words, Pete, the, I guess the big message we've been talking about this minutes. The big big message here is is that whole topic that everybody wants to talk about as amateurs is just the hunters that. You know, it's ba- it's basically overstated and overthought about. It's it. on you. It's on you. That's exactly right, man. I like don't that. get me wrong. Hey. Don't get me wrong. You can you can go in there and get. Uh, I could get a bad pup and never bring him out of it, or you know, the the very green guy that's never done it could get the best pup, you know, and, and make him bad or good. Um, you know, of course, jumping into a whole different conversation, but you know, everybody. Everybody harps. Well, that's a field trial breeding. I don't want that. I, you know, I, I that's a hunt test breeding. I don't want that. And listen, I'm I'm a hunter. That, that's what I grew up on. That's what I do. That's how I got into this. And that that part is very false as well. Um, you know, the the field trial dogs and the hunt test dogs. The reason they got these titles um, is because they're more intelligent. They're better. Pro- they're better problem solvers. They're, it's not because they're just hyper and energetic. And That's you, right. You can't. If I, there's plenty of dogs out there that are hyper and energetic and would love to make the 400 yard retrieve, but he's not good enough. He can't. He's not. Um, That's talented right. Talented enough, but. The, that that that's the age old over in duck calling the same way. If you think that a guy that wins a world championship can't call a duck, you're crazy. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. the, the only the only guy that says that is the guy who can't who, who can't, can't do it. Exactly. exactly. It, it, it is that's the whole beauty of competition. It's exposing skill sets. I mean, and that same field trial pup that. Um, that same field trial dog, that same hunt test dog, makes an amazing pet too. Because you can train him to be an amazing pet. You can train him That's to be awesome. a, um, do all that stuff because he's more intelligent than the next guy. He's more talented than the next guy. So um, yeah. that that, now, that part is very off, um, and I, I get that all the time. Now, does that mean that a backyard 
breeding to Blue and Rover that um, Uncle Buddy down the road put together um, can't have a great dog. No, sir. I'm not saying that at all. My very first dog that got me started in this was was a very um, small operation. Um, really wasn't from any kind of competitive dogs at all, and he turned out excellent. But yeah. by putting these better breedings that I help and my breeders that work back and forth with us and that we put together, I mean, all the health guarantees, hip size, elbows, EIC, CNM, heart, thyroid, all of those things to make that dog live to his 14 years old and hunt on his 10th birthday and where he's more intelligent than the next guy, those dogs are going to be nine times out of ten the better longer living more talented animals because we put so much research and so much hard work into it it's 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 as simple as it the odds are forever more in your favor exactly (laughs) exactly that's and and the problem with these dogs is we only get so many of them in our lifetimes brad yeah i mean that's the thing you you want to invest a a portion, a major portion of your adult life in a dog that that is not as good as what you could have if you put the odds better in your favor. I mean, like, certainly you can get a great dog out of the newspaper. We know this. It ha- the best dog I've ever had was out of a newspaper. Exactly. Uh, uh, Brad, but, but why would I waste my time, you know? <laughs> Brad, that, that, speaking of odds in your favor, you mentioned something a bit ago that I think re- real quickly, I know we've got a lot, a lot of topics to, to cover. Um, but I think I think it was a, a definitive piece that I think would be valuable when you're when you're going to pick pick the litter or pick pick out of the litter. You mentioned a couple days staying there. Is there a time? Uh, is there a, a time domain of 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 how long you should? Uh, you know, what's the what's Cordial. the minimum? What's the minimum <laughs> dosage of time you spent with the puppy? I mean, obviously a week if you can, but but really. Well, here's here's what happens. You know, all of the breeders, including ourselves, um, you know, here at Mossy Pond, if we're going to have a litter, we set a we set a, a day that we're going to do puppy pickout day. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and I know in my head exactly which one. I mean, I've seen them for the last seven weeks. I know which one's the, the good one. And these guys, they, you know, they, they fly fast. Just like it is for all of us, they fly in that day. They're there for an hour. They check him out. There's not a breeder out there that's going to tell you you can't come look at your pup at four or five weeks old and just look at the litter. That doesn't mean you got to touch them, and if they don't want you in the pen, that's fine. But you can look at them and see how they react to the other litter mates. But, you know, they fly in, and I got my eye on Blue Collar. I know Blue Collar. He's the man. And, well, he was up for some reason. He woke up, and he played harder than the others, and the others were asleep. Well, when all the people get there, old blue, blue collars over there passed out asleep. You know, it's puppy. They, they sleep 23 hours a day. He's knocked out, and we got the rest of the litter up. And in that 10 minutes for the first guy that's supposed to pick, oh, man, blue, I wouldn't dare pick up blue. Look at him over there. He won't even get up. He's so late. Yeah. And so what I'm getting at, you can't tell what a puppy's going to do in an hour. But if you were able to spend two or three, four days and check them out or come on the weekend when they're four weeks, come on the weekend when they're five weeks, come on the weekend when they're six weeks, because just like Mr. Keith was saying, this is a 13, 14-year investment that's, for most of my guys, 
is going to be a, a part of the family. It, he's going to be um, more of a companion than he's going to be a duck hunter because, you know, just because we can't hunt ducks and do what we love, but just part of the year, he's going to be a part of that family. He's going to be there with you on July 4th. So we got to make the best pick on all these decisions. And if you if if you just show up 30 minutes before pickout time, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I mean, that's not, that's not my, vote. well, it sounds like based on what you're saying, just you, you, you said something, I don't know. It, it seems significant to me, just a fact that I had no idea about puppies that they spend that much time sleeping. It sounds like that even just three or four hours around the litter may expose a lot of things. If, cause, cause it, you know, they, they may, they may wake up, you know exactly. what I mean? It may, exactly. You're going you to get a lot more out of it. The more time you spend, yeah, you know, the more time. The, with the breeders, you know, no breeders going to want you handling a litter of puppies at four weeks old. And that's understandable because, you know, they're still babies. But, you know, at, at six weeks, could you take a ride in, spend a day with them, hang out? And then on the day before that, come in the day early before pickout day and just look at it. Even if you were fifth pick, you know, you ride them down and check them out. You know, there's so many different things. There's this thing on the Internet a lot of my guys want me to do. And we, we've looked at it that you um there's like 127 things that you do to a, a each puppy and then it uh, evaluates each one and gets them i mean and and that's that's a stretch but i mean even something like that that kind of lets you know where you're at what they're doing but that takes hours and hours to do that <laughs> with a litter of puppies right um I brad just, what 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 do you not to interrupt you but what What's the deal with the uh, – talk about the difference between a male and a female dog. I mean, obviously, the, we know the anatomical difference. Like, the, are there – I mean, is there – are there big differences in terms of what you can expect? Again, back to the odds. There are always exceptions, but in general, when a guy has in his mind some qualities in a dog, are there things that he's more apt to get out of one gender of dog over the other? <clears throat> that, that, that's a good question. I mean, I get it a lot, but um, now this is my opinion, and and that's all we want. Just that, really, <laughs> but, seriously, you know, seriously. Every everybody has their opinion on this, and I'm the type of guy. Just like when a guy asks me about a different breed, I I'm not stuck on a certain breed. I like a good dog. That that's what I like. That's what Brad likes. He he likes a good dog. I don't care color, shape, size, model. I like a good dog. I don't care if it's a squirrel dog or what it is. But when it comes to these uh, male or female, I like a good dog. So I've had great males and I've had great females. Uh, uh, a man, old man told me one time, you want a male that squats to pee and you want a female that hikes her leg to pee. I love it. And, I love um, it. I love it. And if, you, if you've ever had a... Worth the podcast right there. I love it, <laughs> that's man. A t that's a T-shirt. That's why that that that's why we had you on right there, yeah. Brad. <laughs> little jo little Georgia. You got Almighty, that's awesome. Brad, I got, I got a question, man. I, 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 maybe this exists, but it seems like somebody could do this if 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 it's not out there if it's not a real thing but is there such thing as a as a hired puppy picker almost like a like an mlb franchise would hire a scout to to go look for talent <laughs> i mean because because yeah. honestly you got me scared if if i had to pick a puppy i'd be scared to death right now all the things you just i mean there's no way i, I wouldn't i'd call brad yeah <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, I mean, is that a, is that a thing? Can people could people hire you or hire somebody to pick a puppy for them? Uh, yes, and I, I do pick out a lot of puppies for people, but it goes back to this. This is what I would tell you if you were a customer of mine. I would say, Mr. Dawkins, what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to go out there and do the best job I can possibly do, and this guarantees us nothing. All, <laughs> all, all I'm going to do is the best I can do. But what I can tell you and what I can promise you, the puppy that I put my hands on and I pick up and I bring home for us will have the best opportunity to be the best it can possibly be from the day I pick that puppy up until we start hunting. And Man, that, that's awesome. that is the key. Because we're not, if I pick the puppy out, it could still not turn out to be great. Right. But the, what we can is, just like y'all said earlier, we can control the other part. After the 49th day, that's in our hands. And right. it's, it's on us at that point. So what I would say to that, we're, we're going to give it the best shot. And yeah, I could help you. But after that, you've got to, every single day, you have to have a plan what you're going to do with that pup. Um, socializing is, I mean, I can give you a list and we can talk for five hours, but the biggest thing is socializing that pup, getting him around every single environment he could possibly get around as soon as he comes away. That's not going to spook him, but he, the biggest thing why dogs make a mistake is when they're distracted and they're get a distraction from something they're not used to i mean like for example i trained this dog he's a master hunter best dog in the world i took him home as a puppy and he, he we got him perfect i sent him to a guy they go dove hunting well they're next to a cow pasture um you know um the farmer there has cows in the field and you're shooting dove well they've never he's never seen cow and i thought i socialized him to everything well, the cow's over there. He's mooing in the field. You know, it's feeding time. The farmer's out there on his tractor. And that dog cannot even focus on the dove because he's so hung up on this cow. And what it boils down to is he just wasn't socialized to him. And the reason I know that scenario, because it happened to me. <laughs> That's well, hey, Doc, well, that you know, you and I have talked about, and we're as amateur as it gets with dogs, but you and I have talked about what in the world, you know, you can go with these Cracker Jack dogs. And they can be unbelievable, and you know they're unbelievable. They're trained by Brad Arrington or whatever. Who, and then like, then one day they act like they don't even know what they're doing sometimes. <laughs> and yep. and and we we you know that's one of the things we want to talk to you about, Brad. Well, it sounds like that may be the answer. It's just they, there's some weird distraction, something strange that they can't verbalize to us, but it's certainly something there. I mean, would, what 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 made it so clear to me one day? Um, my mentor, um, Mr. Hugh Arthur, we were, we were training, and um, he, we were talking about dogs, and he said, you know what the best dog out there is? He said, think about the farmer's dog that, you know, goes to town. He has the, and I don't know if this happens in y'all's town, but it, it does around where we're from. You know, the, the old bulldog's in the back of the truck. The farmer's got his tailgate down. He pulls to the hardware store. He, yeah. goes, to, he goes to the Little League baseball game. The dog's always there. He tell, he looks at him. He snaps his fingers. He motions with his um, eyes. The dog does everything flawless. And why is that? It's not that the farmer spends so much time training. It's because the dog is so socialized, and he's been around every environment. Nothing startles him. Nothing rattles him. And if you could do that with a duck dog, and the guys that have the more time to socialize that dog, that's what makes Good night. Yet another nugget, Doc.
Yeah. Another nugget. You got you got any tips for uh for uh training three year old human beings? <laughs> Pray a lot. A lot like it. You put a collar on them. Pray a lot. Yeah. That is awesome. So hey, Brad, I'll tell you a topic I want to talk about. You know, if a guy uh, figured out that he needed to rebuild the engine on his truck, I am sure that he could get on YouTube and, and search it and find a video that could show him how to rebuild his truck uh, or the engine in his truck. But don't you think, and this is what I think, that it'd be much simpler for him to just take it to a mechanic. <laughs> you can't, and, you can't beat, that's you can't my, beat that's my thinking on that's my thinking on on so many folks. I mean, I don't want. I'm not wanting to be critical, and I know you're probably. I'm preaching to the choir because this is how you make a living. Living, but do you? I mean, you think that people mess up and and sell themselves short on how much enjoyment that they could have out of their retriever, and how much more their retriever would enjoy them. If they would just make a little investment in having some solid foundations for that dog. In other words, I mean, what at what time or what reasons would you give a so-called amateur trainer the encouragement <laughs> to to seek out somebody that knows what the heck they're doing? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, um, you, you can't beat a man at what he does, and right. um, you know if. If the amateur out there, if he were retired or didn't work and he had all the resources, if he had guys coming over to throw birds that simulate exactly like a hunting scenario, he had access to 100 decoys on a pond. He had, um, you know, all the gunfire where he could shoot over the dog every day. He had all the other dogs to teach the dog to not be alpha but not be passive around the other dogs to be right there in the middle and he had all those resources that could work it four and five times a day you know the amateur would have a a, a big one up and um he would he would be able to he would be able to be right there in the mix but then to have the then he's got to have the knowledge at the same time so it is it is very difficult for somebody that doesn't do this every day to to do it the right way and can you do it the wrong right. way can you do it the wrong way a million times and and build a pretty good product 110 percent. i mean i'm living proof my first dog i made so many mistakes it wasn't funny and he came out i mean i, I think he was the best dog to ever walked to earth just like everybody thinks about their dog but um <laughs> you know it's if you do it the right way I've just watched so many how easy it is and how it's not a struggle for the dog. And, you know, when you when you do mess up, when you do make a mistake and then you try to go back and fix it, how long and how hard it is on the dog mentally and um, physically, too, because you got to work him out twice as much to, to go back and rebuild him. I'm not saying and selling us pros as this is the way it's got to be done. And this is the only way. There, there's a lot of great amateurs out there, but right. if, even if you are trying to do it, I, I say that that is great if you have the time. But ask yourself, do I really have the time to do this two or three times a day? And if that's the case, get some knowledge, get some get some insight from some pros, or get somebody that really knows what they're doing, because you can have the next national field champion, 
and you, you make a few bad mistakes when he's young, and it's hard to bail him out. It's hard to bring him back out and, and make him what. You, Brad, you bring up a a a good uh, way of thinking about this. I've never thought about it before, but I think a lot of people they they commit to training them dog their dogs themselves because they think, well, I can figure that out, and and they say and they're thinking that I don't need to pay Brad Arrington hundreds and hundreds of dollars when I think I can figure it out. But you you what you just said is real enlightening because I don't know if you realize what you said, but a great part of what a guy's paying for is all that other stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just yeah. The, the stuff that actually does cost directly. It's not like that you're, they can just save those hundreds a month by figuring it out. That's not half the, the battle <laughs> being able to do it and having the facilities and the equipment to do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, every day we step outside, no matter what that dog, if we're training a bird dog, we have courses, quail courses that look exactly like um, Kansas or Nebraska. We have um, pine wow. plantation, only five, six, seven acres that look just like Thomasville, Georgia. Um, duck hunting. We, we've got spots fixed up that look just like Stuttgart, Arkansas. And Walk a hundred yards from the kennel and put that dog in that environment every single day, four and five times a day, six days a week. I mean, even with no knowledge, how can you compete with that? Uh, right, Brad. I got some. I got something right here. I, I wanted to sh tell you. Um, when you, well, I think I forgot. What were they gonna say? Anyway. Well, I know. I got a couple things, and I know Josh is chomping at the bit. By the way, I'm just going to tell you, Brad, we're not going to let you loose from this for a long uh -oh. while. Yeah, we're get, get comfortable, Brad. <laughs> Brad, I got I got one for you because this this is something um this is something right in line with this, and it's something that I've been asked. I guarantee you've been asked. You see it all the time, and um, I don't know the best way to phrase this, but let let me take the angle of this guy's voice. Um, you know. And and answer answer the question. Hey, tell me what you would tell him in this situation. But Josh, Josh. So you got you got this guy who um, he 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 is sort of in love with the idea of the bond between puppy um, and trainer and the growth all the way through it. Right. So this. So it's not so much that it's not the money. Yeah, at the and they time. do that. I'm with you, John. They do yeah, that. There's, they there's do some, that. there's some sort of like, some people take the stance that, um, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, that they, they want, they don't want to quote unquote ship their dog off. Uh, and, and they want to be a part of its, um, progression. Development. What, what do you yeah, tell, yeah. What, what's, what do you think about that? <laughs> you, you made you made me remember what I was going to say. That's perfect. Good, good. All right. So if you're going to exactly what you say, you're the guy that is going to bring that dog up, and you want to do it yourself. You know there are a lot of great books, great videos out there, but this is the hard part for everybody. This isn't something just like um, Mr. Keith was talking about the YouTube video. With dogs, rebuilding an engine. Yeah, with, with dogs, it's not like that. I mean, and that's why these books and videos, I think they're great. I, I've 
watched every and read every one of them out there. And, you know, it has helped me with certain dogs. But you, it has an A, B, C, D list that you go down. And with certain dogs, they're all different. I mean, so what worked for the first dog, no way, no how will work for the second. It was a great conversation I had with one of our trainers this um, week because he said, Brad, you just told me not to do that. And I said, you're exactly right. I, I did. But with this dog, we, we have to do it this way. It's just the way this dog's geared and the way he's built That's and the awesome. way he thinks. So what I'm getting at, this is my advice, and this is very important. If you're going to do it yourself, read the, read the book, watch the videos, but get with a good trainer. Not that you're going to send him off to him, but pay the man to go sit with him and let him read your dog. And when he sees that dog, and he's going to tell you little things that's going to help you with that dog, you know, depending on what kind of attitude and demeanor and what kind of gear you're, you know, you might show up with one that's a little sense of a little soft, but he, he's going to make a great companion, going to make a great little gun dog. You know, he's going to tell you, hey, give him five pigeons next week. And then you take the same person shows up with a dog that's biting at the leash, barking at the pro trainer sitting there running his dog. He's going to tell you to put him on a wonder lead and work on sit here and heal next week and get that dog under control. Same age dog, same man, same makeup. He lives in the same house. It's just a different dog that this man has that brought it to this um, pro on the same day. But and you, if you read a book with that sensitive dog, you've just messed him up. If you read that book with that crazy outlaw dog, you've just messed him up. Now, if we live in a Walgreens world. We have that perfect dog that you show up with and you read the book. You know what? You are luck. You should play the lottery. You just got lucky. It's going to work for you. <laughs> but, you know, that is key. You know, get out there with somebody that really has a good reputation in the business. Let him look at the dog. Let him give you ideas. Then go home and do your homework for a couple weeks. Come back. Revisit him again if you've got the time to do it. And if and all of that is true, Brad. All of that you just said is true, whether or not there's that bond between trainer and dog or not. There That's all is. true. That and, bond between it's all going to be the and same. And I got, I guess I got off a little bit. I got excited about that because I mean that. No, that, it's that true. Part and as far as the bond, I, I'm I'm for that. I'm with that. And um, one thing about the bond, you know, that happens big from when they come away from that those litter mates and they're crying at home and they're they're looking for um their litter mates and their mom you know that bond is right then you know you you um take care of the pup handling till he's six months old but a, a funny little trick we we do with the um customers they come back and the, they're brad i'm scared to death this dog isn't going to remember me i said i want to show you something and we might have had the dog five six seven eight months and um, the the dog will come out, and he said, yep, he doesn't even know who I am. And because there's five or six people standing over there, and the dog doesn't recognize them by looking. I said, I want to show you something. So we'll take that dog. We'll circle around about 50, 80 yards downwind of the owner. And wow. you have never seen a happier customer wow. when you do that. When that dog smells that owner, Unbelievable. He goes nuts. And That's he crazy. Starts Unbelievable. And he starts jumping, and then, then you, you look over at the owner, and the owner's jumping because both of them are so excited. 
to see each other. And that dog. Good Lord. That dog so, smells. Brad, I can't help but smile. You know why I'm smiling. <laughs> you telling that story. <laughs> Brad's got got our little May with him, and uh, man, we we at this point we don't care if she makes it a duck dog or not. We just love her and miss her. So you say <laughs> she, she she's she's ready to see y'all, and she she's doing a great job as well. And um, same thing's gonna happen with little May when she. When she smells you, um, y'all are gonna be. That's awesome. see, so you're saying that you're you're saying that the 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 puppy, if it could talk, is is actually appreciative to its owner for letting him go, have a better opportunity. Uh-huh. That's cool, man. Yeah, they like going to school. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know that they 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 they're appreciative of that, but the bond never never separates. I mean, they, sure. they remember that person. They remember who took That's care awesome. of them. That's awesome. They were from like it was yesterday. I, I had a, I had Brad something I wanted to talk about, and it's it, it's it's related to this issue of of amateurs training dogs, and I, I want to take it from a different slant, and I think this would apply to almost everybody that's listening, that 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 has a dog or has ever handled a dog, and that's the handling by an amateur of a trained dog mm. don't i mean that seems like just out hunting you know i know enough about it and have been around enough trainers and, and and that when i see people handle dogs i don't know how you trainers can handle it because i just want to scream at people <laughs> like good night do, do you i mean let's just talk about this topic how much time do you spend training the 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 owners the handlers because it needs to be, it needs to happen. I promise you that. <laughs> very, very big part of my business. This is a very big part of my business. Um, so I was training, and man, I was putting all these blood, sweat, and tears into these dogs. And you know, old Blue, he was God. He was good. And he went home with, um, you know, the owner. And I, I, I would, he, when he came to see him, I'd show him off and show him how he would work. We went over some basic stuff. And then I would see them at a duck hunt or a dove field or, you know, hunting with them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm sitting there running a hunt. I'm about to throw up over there. Right. You don't want to insult the man or embarrass the man. And I But said, he's throwing away your work for the whole summer. Oh, I mean, I, that's the I, thing. I, I'm sick to my stomach. And I said, how can I prevent this? And, you know, um, if, you, if you've ever been to Mossy Pond or – look us up. We have a lodge down there. And everybody said, Brad, there's not many dog trainers got a lodge. What in the world? Why did you build a lodge? This is crazy. And that very reason, after I witnessed that several times, I said, you know what? These guys come down here and these weather elements, either it's 110 degrees or freezing cold or spitting rain. What I'm going to do, I'm going to create a, a place where they come, they can bring their wives, they can get in and out of the weather elements, and they'll spend two or three days with me. Man, that's and awesome. All those Good. scenarios that we have on our place right there, I make them go out there and I, I say, you know, Mr. Keith, me, you, and May, we're going to go in this little duck blind. We're going to get in the boat. We're going to travel out there. We're going to get in the boat. I'm going to get my guys to sh- throw some live ducks. You're going to shoot them, and we're going to knock them down, and then you're going to work May. And when you mess up, we yeah. know you're, we know you're going to mess up. I'm sorry. You're going to put the collar on me. <laughs> you're going to nick me. Just on nick high. Me, <laughs> on 10. <laughs> and then I'm going to help you out. And then this afternoon, 
when we get up there, I'm going to have your wife, um, we're going to be all having dinner, and I'm going to have your wife say place to me, and she's going to go over and lay on her place, and she's going to lay there for about 10 minutes. She's going to get up while we're having dinner, and I'm going to teach your wife how to correct the situation. Wow, man. Good night, Brad. Brad, that has got to be the most awesome service that you provide, seriously. I mean, these – I see it time and time. Every dog, every, almost every person I hunt with that has a trained dog, they don't know how to handle it. It's they, terrible. They uh, have, my my best buddy, my best, bu- my best buddy, Christian Curtis, you, you know, Christian. Well, yes, he sir. and I talk about this all the time. We're like, man, this dude has a dog. It, this dog's unbelievable. If you just give it to us for five minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Spending the time with the with the pro and understanding exactly how to operate the dog is key. And, you know, everybody says, well, I don't want to mess up. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I want you to mess up because you're going to mess up when I'm not around. And then we're you're you're hurting my brand. You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing yourself. Then then you may do something silly to the dog with the collar or whatever. So let's go over this. Let's spend two or three days together. And every dog that leaves Mossy Pond, it's mandatory. And I lose a lot of customers over it. It is mandatory at the end of their um, training. They have to come spend three or four days, if not a week with me. And we're going to put you in enough scenarios that I'm going to teach you how to correct the situation when y'all both, either one of you do wrong. And it's still not bulletproof when they leave, but it sure helps. Right. That's awesome, man. And that there's a lot in that 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 is it, it's it's a I, I can imagine it's your just personal pride. You want that dog to be good. You don't want that fellow messing that your work up. That's just just pride, and you want that dog. You want that dog to excel. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. and, you know. You know. You don't. You don't do this game seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five on Christmas morning. I'm out there with the dogs. You don't do this if you don't love. I mean, just by George, love animals and love the dogs. And, you know, you look in that dog's eyes and you spent eight. I mean, it's just like May here. You know, right. I, I can just imagine. And look, I know every every hair owner. Right. I'm sitting here envisioning when she goes home with you. I mean, gosh, you know, I, I, I love you, baby. You, you are awesome <laughs> for me. And, and Mr. Keith, if he don't know how to work you, uh, me and him going to have problems. We That's got, right. we got to make love- sure that everybody's on the same page for you. It isn't about the owner. It isn't about the pro being right. It isn't about the handler being or the owner being right. It's about doing what's right for this dog and That's making right. that transition easy on them where where you don't confuse them. Letting her do what she loves to do and enjoy doing it. Brad, I got, I got an- I, I had a question, uh, and Josh probably – I keep cutting in on Josh. He's got them, but I'm cutting Go ahead. Go ahead. We all got questions. This is one that that I guarantee you this is left field, but I think it's interesting. Uh, Why is there no more, or what is your opinion on ladies training dogs? You don't see that, and I've always felt like – like we have an eight-year-old daughter, Lucy, and she – just has a knack for dealing with animals. Girl, young girls love animals innately. They just do, and they they know how to, you know, do, all animals. And it just seems like they would have such a knack for it. And I wonder if it, should we try to involve them more? I mean, or do or do you see a trend in that? Or or uh, have, I mean, I know there's a couple of them that are professional retriever trainers around. A couple of ladies. But I just think that's a neat topic, and it's something we should encourage them to, to get involved in it. 
don't yeah. you? It, as far as professionals, um, there are several really good ladies out there that train. Um, it, but th- there's not as many as men, of course. But as far right. as the amateurs and as far as um, who come to my seminars and who attend my training days and my drill days and stuff like that, it's probably 90% women. That's um, awesome. Yep, there, there's a my, lot. Of my women. point is, is I just got a hunch that they could do better than I, I think they could naturally be better than the fellas. Now that may yeah. be sexist of me saying that, but I just believe that. No, you're, no I mean, you're, I think I think the motherly instinct thing. Yeah, I think you're right. And they're I just they're just smart. You know you're, how ladies are. They outsmart us all. The- <laughs> mm-hmm. You're you're exactly right. You know the um, you know they come to these um, seminars and stuff, and to see what they do with their dogs. It is amazing you know i'm sitting over there um working with one and he and he won't do it for me but i'll say all right try this and they do it and they snap right in with them they connect with them better and, yeah that's uh, awesome no I, I i'm i'm all over that and i i think it's great you know there's a a great uh, a great trainer that i um he he's been um he helped me out over the years and he does he does some some little um drill days and seminar and training days now and all he'll take is um, ladies. <laughs> he, That's he, awesome. All he does is teach ladies, and that is so cool. Yeah. Hey, Brad. I, I uh, um, I've had the pleasure of 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 watching you handle dogs on several occasions, um, and it, one thing that that struck me, and it kind of goes back a little bit to um, to what you were talking about with uh, with with training the trainer type thing, and I don't even know if you're aware of this, but from a from a from a, a sheer rookie standpoint, I know nothing about it. When I when I watch you handle dogs, and I've watched lots of people handle dogs in the field, you you have um, a, a a movement almost like a like a good baseball swing or something. You know, you can just tell when you're when you're giving the hand signal or something. Your hand just goes up in a way which it seems so so simple you're just putting your hand up in the air but it's like the way you do it in the motion that has this swagger to it that is different than when an amateur does it even though they may be giving the exact same command i don't even know if you know that but it's just something i've noticed it's almost like you you know like you you just have your own kind of little signature you know arm motion i bet i bet he's just figured out over time that it's what the dogs respond to yeah but that's what i that's what thousands of times it, it goes back to us working ducks. I mean, you know, you do so many things when you do it all the time that you don't even realize it, and it comes from the the, the reaction and, and results. Wouldn't you say, Brad, that, that's probably a lot to it? Yeah, that and what makes that dog happy? What makes him comfortable? You know, there, there's so many guys out there, and I, I, I'm guilty of it in my younger days as well. Well, I'm going to make this dog do what I want to. Well, you know, and – can you get some results like that? Yes, but I want that dog. We're a team out there. Whether I'm competing or I'm in that duck hole and it's freezing cold, we got to recover our game, get back on the stand, get dry, and keep hunting. We we got to be a team out there. What's going to give that dog the best signal and us work as a team? When that dog looks back out me in there and he's in that crunchy ice and he, he's looking at me, I, I got to get him back on the bird and getting back to me as fast as possible. What's going to make him happy? What's going to make us work as a team? No different than you and I working as a team at something. I mean, I got to make him happy and got to make him feel comfortable. 
And over time, just like Mr. Keith said, I guess I've read enough dogs, whatever I'm doing, I know that's going to make that dog happy. He's going to feel comfortable and he's going to, uh, you know, it's going to make us a, a stronger team because you get out there and you, some of these guys, and when I was younger, no, that, that dog's going to do it my way. Well, <laughs> you, be, you, be, you better start working with him as a team. And right. if he, if he wants to work for you and he, he feels the need, man, I want to do this for Brad. And I can look in his eyes. Look, I'm working for you, Brad. I'm trying. I'm doing everything I can do. Whether he's intelligent or whether he's not very intelligent, I can look at him. He's trying for me. And I'm going to give him the cast. I'm going to give him the command. I'm going to give him the signal. I'm going to give him the key to make him and help him do the best he could possibly do where we can achieve the goal of the day or whatever we're trying to achieve. It, it's neat, Josh, that you see that when he does it. Cause I yeah. have seen this. It's funny when you said that I was smiling because I know exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of yeah. like when you see a guy at a golf course. Exactly. Uh, I was thinking golf. And, and you think, you know, like me not being a golfer, knowing anything about it. And really my main experience with golf is watching it on TV, what little I have. But you go to the golf course, and I don't know anything about golf, but I know that that cat right there don't look like them guys that I was seeing on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I, and really, it's, it, with the dog training, looking at it from, a, from an amateur's perspective like, like Josh and me, I see it in casting the dogs, like when they're out. And, you know, like you, you, we, can, we can say we do a right cast, and an amateur, how they even fling their hand. Yes. It, it, they're not, it's though. It's pros, different. It's a beautiful thing, like a swing, it like is. Ken Griffey Jr. swing. You're exactly right. Uh, it, 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 it's a beautiful thing to watch the pros because it's almost like though a dog has sat, is facing the trainer 200 yards away and he's going to right cast him. It's almost like he's actually just and the collar of that dog and just slowly and just easing to the right. It's like they, they, they're handling that dog with love and, and just, it's so awesome to watch them. You're exactly right. There is more to it, Brad, that you do than what you realize. Yeah. And it is instinctive and it's a very beautiful thing. It really is cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. I've, I've even Wait. seen, I've even seen it the way, you know, he puts the whistle to his mouth. It's just, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all, it's all so that dog, it, it, he said it, it, that's exactly what it is. So that dog is comfortable, man. I mean, it, so that, so that he's not introducing the cow that he's never been introduced to. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's, it, it's, that's cool. That is so cool. And you know, I tell, I tell all my, um, my, my guys that I'm helping, you know, anything you do in life, if you're going to do it well, you have to be confident. Um, yeah. And if I'm going to give a cast, I have to be confident because if anybody in the world can read your body language, it's an animal. A dog can. It's an animal or a dog. And when, you're, right. when you're giving a cast, ah, oh, should I give a right over? Should I give a back? Should I, be ver should I verbalize the command? Should I not verbalize the command? And all right, we're going to do it. Let, let's be confident about it. Let's be confident. Yeah. That doesn't mean be aggressive. That doesn't mean be pushy about it. But we're, we're going to give it. Let's be confident with that dog where he gets a clear picture. Because if you're not confident, he's like, oh, my God, I'm out here in a 30-mile-an-hour wind. He's wanting me to go. He doesn't really know where he wants me to go. And, yeah. and, and then it turns into a mess. But be confident when you're talking to your dog, even on, on sit. Be confident. If you're saying sit, let's sit. Um, it, that's, that's all man that's a cool thing hey josh let's put him on the hot seat for a second you want to oh i love It'll it be fun i love it and we won't we won't let him 
draw this out with that Georgia accent either. He's going to have to. That's give right. Us- we're going. We're going to gum tell him to sit. <laughs> and answer. <laughs> hey, Brad. We got to know. You're not going to want to answer this, but we have to know. Pound for pound. Now he knows where it's going already. Don't he? <laughs> <laughs> what is the best retriever that you've ever seen? Not that you've necessarily ever handled, but what is the best retriever that you've ever seen? Gosh, there's so many categories there, you know. I mean, it's just – I mean, I've had some that are great at one thing, great at another. and um, The category is pound for pound. Pound for pound. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, um, I trained a dog once. Um, I, I just fell in love with him. Hell, of course, he wasn't mine. I just – I was training him. He was a customer's dog. Uh, and it was right there in the transition of my career where it was going from being a gun dog trainer to, you know, I just want, and it wasn't that I didn't just love the gun dogs. I wanted to be more competitive to, to go to the next level in, in my, um, profession. And, um, a dog by the name of T-Bone came along, um, uh, big, pretty 80 pound yellow male. I mean, big black features eyes and lips um a beautiful animal and he just me and him clicked like no other dog has clicked and if i asked him to do it he wanted to please me and wanted to do the 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 best he could possibly do and there were some pretty cool things that um t-bone and i achieved um in probably a couple years there that really kind of pushed my business to the next level and um i don't know he was he was pretty special to me that is so awesome. T-Bone? And, T-Bone. And, 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 hey, if you got to name one name, how cool is that? Yeah. yeah. T-Bone, baby. Yeah, that, that was his name. I Spe- love it. Speaking That's- of dogs with names, I, I almost uh, I almost skipped over this, Keith, um, and it would have been a shame. Um, so last year, we, uh, we gave away um, a fully trained, started dog named Avery. Um, oh, cool. The, the Bring Avery Home giveaway and and brad was the trainer of avery Uh, a lot of a lot of y'all listening may have uh may have seen that on on social media and all that and fortunately we uh we were able to give it to a great home um the 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 family that took him in has been amazing they 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 have actually started a uh an instagram account so the 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 giveaway was called bring avery home they started a, a an instagram account to um, so people could keep up with Avery's progress called at home with Avery. And it, it, it's, do, it's a documentation of, of Avery in that home and, and all of the things that they're doing. It's, it's super cool to look at, but I, I thought uh, we should definitely mention um, that the Brad was the trainer of that dog. And, and obviously we didn't take that something like that. And I know Brad didn't either lightly giving away such a, um, you know, we, it, it really is a family member. Yeah, not, not not a uh, not a tool, and yeah, so we, we really yeah. exactly we 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 really vetted uh, the the winner, um, did all the you know all the the background checks and interviews, and it was like a it was like a an inter- it was a it was a pretty in depth interrogation, um, yeah. but um, it, it turned out awesome, and um, and and yeah, I just wanted to point that out that Brad That's was the awesome. trainer of Avery. Yeah, That's awesome. Mr. Mr. Paul. And his family, we, we couldn't have, um, you know, if, if we drew it up, we couldn't have drawn it up any better. How how it transferred over to Mr. Paul and how Avery 
responds. You know, me and Mr. Paul, we probably talk four or five times a week through text or um, Facebook message or talk still right now. And Avery, it it couldn't have went any better. Um, So that that was an awesome deal. Brad, Avery Sporting Dog is one of our brands within the umbrella of, of, of our company. And, and I know you love our products. What, what are some of your favorite? I mean, what do you, what kind of things, and maybe not even just some of your favorite, what do you think in your expertise should, should folks get out and look for? Y'all still there? Yes. Uh, it, it went out. Um, I got you now. Um, can y'all hear me? Yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah, I got you. All right. No, um, you know, we use the, um, we use the, um, the slot, um, the sluice stand and, yeah. the, um, Avery, the, um, ground force blind. We use those every single day. Um, the rough stand by Avery, we use it e- every day. We, um, the, the ATBs, the Avery training birds, those are perfect. You know, a dog comes out of the water and he shakes his head and, um, they, they have the string on the head to, um, help the dog not sling his head but it's soft it doesn't hurt the dog right um they they have them in different colors so depending on the terrain that you're around and the background drop if you need them white um they have the white ones if if all you can see skyline they have the dark darker ones they float really good in the water where the puppies um the younger dogs can see them when they're swimming out to them um yeah you mentioned the ground force dog blind you use that for training every single day. Every single oh, day. That's it, it, awesome. You know, it, we think of that if you're going to, uh, you know, to the upper Midwest, whatever, to the North Dakota or the prairie's going to dry field hunt. You pick you up a ground force dog blind. But you're saying that if you have a dog, no matter what, you need it to train with it. Well, I, I, I double up on my customers on that because what happens? They um, it teaches the dog to kennel. It teaches the dog to kennel, to get in and out of a kennel. So when I start working on kennel inside the house, you know, I, I've already worked on that. It also works on the place um, command because he, he'll have to get in there and place. And what I'll do with my gun dogs, I'll put one in there um, so I'll cold honor with him. So he'll cold honor, meaning he comes out and doesn't get to watch anything. So he's, I mean, um, doesn't get to pick anything up, has to watch the other dog. And we will, um, we'll shoot the other, um, the ATBs for the other dog and do a workout. And then we'll trade them out and mm. teach them patience, teaches them like on that slow day or that day that you're going to have to um, honor your buddy's dog to get in there and be patient. And if he comes out, you know, we just go back over there and show him how to get back in it and stay in it. So we use that and the um, rough stand um, every single, I mean, every trainer, we have nine trainers, and every trainer has a um, ground force blind. Even the field trial trucks and the hunt test trucks wow. have the ground force blind on their truck. And all of them have, um, you know, since y'all came out with the rough stand years ago, we've had, we've had them um, even before I, I, um, I started working back and forth with y'all. Um, we've always had the rough stands um, just to put dogs up there and steady them up. You know, a dog... If he's learning to be steady, you put him on that rough stand on the line, he'll steady up. Even the competitive dog, he'll steady up faster on that thing. And if he jumps off, he no, that's that's not where we want you. We want you on this. Don't move. And you put it back up there, 
and he uh, he starts to understand hey if i stay on this thing he's happy with me if i come off he's not happy with me i got i have one last question for you bro all right and man we we appreciate you you do i mean this has been an exciting uh episode because it just seems like that i've learned a lot and i hope others have and you're just a pleasure and i know folks are going to be hunting you down and having you pick out dogs and train dogs and training them good lord it sounds like you do do a lot but the question i have for you this this is just a thought that came to mind if t-bone were five years old i want you to imagine that i don't know what year that was but if t-bone were five years old and his owner was going to put him for sale on Amazon Prime. <laughs> How much would he market sell? value? How, what, what would you sell? What would the asking price be? Well, first off, I'd be divorced. I'd have I'd have I'd have old T Bone, but I'd be divorced with my wife because I'd have to buy that dog. Well, how much would you pay for him? Would you pay twenty thousand for him? Oh, in, in a heartbeat, I'd have to. I mean, yeah, no questions asked. I mean, you know, just what he achieved. He was he was a dog that was worth, you know, forty and fifty thousand. Oh my goodness! You know, for for what for what I, I mean, just personal pleasure and what the dog meant to me. I mean, the thousands and thousands of dogs that I've seen and been around, personalities and um, what talent levels. I mean, he was just he was just one in a million. He was he was one of the one of one of the great ones and um the great ones i could name on one hand and um they they don't come along very often and when you can get one um it, it's special it, it's something it's spe- to, you know this is my passion this is all this is what I yeah do. i live it breathe it i mean this is what i do for, for t-bone it i mean i'd have to i'd probably sell the farm to get him i mean that is a, awesome. a nice animal. that is awesome <laughs> <laughs> that is right. so awesome Brad, I've got one more too, um, and, and this is uh, this is because I know absolutely know um, there's folks this time of year that are starting to get excited about season approaching. They've got a dog, um, they got him at home. They're they're wanting to get him whipped into shape, ready for season. It, let's just say three things, and if you got four, great. What what are what are three things that uh, guys can be doing with their dogs right now as preseason work? The, the biggest thing is patient drills. You know, through the summer and um, late spring after hunting season went out, we're trying to get these dogs, teach them new things, teach them hand signals this summer, teach them, teach them triples, teach them tracking with that gun barrel better. But this time of the year, you need to start teaching that dog. You, you know, right now, teaching all those new things, you go out and you give them 300 reps, 400 reps. What you want to do now is go out and give him six to 10 reps and make him be patient. Make him sit over and watch at home, in and around the house. Make him lay down in that front yard while you weed the flower beds. Make him, um, you know, when you eat dinner, make him um, sit right there in the living room and watch it. And then let him go. The key to this is go over there and praise the dog after they are patient. That's where people make a mistake. If you make him wait two minutes today, praise him after those two minutes. It didn't look very impressive, but two minutes is good. Tomorrow we'll do two and a half. But when he does it and he is patient, um, go pet him. And then when you get in the duck blind and you have a slow day, they're not outlaws. And gosh, all right, we worked all summer. As soon as you threw it, I, I was able to go. Well, we just we just shot a shoveler down in the decoys, 
and uh, there's a, a pair of um, banded pintails coming in. We, we don't want to send him right now, boys. we got to wait. So um, we got to make them be patient. And that, that's, that was a strong number one. <laughs> but um, number two, you know, um, if you're not been working, get them into shape. Um, you know, you got to get these dogs into shape. Get their, And I don't mean weight-wise. They can be physically um, look like they're in shape, but you got to get them lungs built up. Just like you and I going out and trying to play one-on-one basketball, I'd fall over. Um, you you got to get those um, dogs into shape. And you lose. Three would be practice like you play. Practice like you play. You got to get out there, and if you are a duck hunter and you're going to be in uh, 150 decoys, and um, that's what you need to set up. Well, I can't buy 150 decoys. Well, you need to do the best you can to simulate that hunt. Um, If you're a dove hunter, you need to get you some mojos, put them out in front of you. You need to sit on a dove bucket, and you need to swing that gun barrel. The hardest thing for a dove hunter yeah, that dog is to pick up on those doves because you're shooting over your head, you're shooting 12 o'clock all the way to, you know, out in front of you. So you need to get that dog tracking with that gun barrel. Take your broomstick. If you don't have a, uh, a gun that you want to practice with, get that dog swinging. Practice like you play. So I would say, you know, patient drills, um, practice like you play, and get the dog in shape. That would be my three. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Brad, thank you so much. Hey, Brad. Um, I don't think we've I don't think we've made it totally known. Um, Brad Arrington's business is Mossy Pond Retrievers, and um, where can folks reach you? We're on um, Facebook, Instagram. Um, our website is mossypondretrievers.com. We also have a Mossy Pond Retrievers uh, New York dot com ny dot com. Um, if you're in the northern region region. Um, we do have a dog transport service that goes from coast to coast that is um, runs all the time. We can pick the dog up from your doorstep, deliver it to your doorstep. Um, we do all all obedience and all gun dogs. Um, your flushers, your pointers, your retrievers, anything we can help you. And we'll just pick up the phone if you need a, a question answered, um, a problem you can't get through, you pick up the phone. And me, myself, personally, will, will help you and guide you in the right direction make your hunting season better with your hunting partner. All right. Docking, has it been fun? Man, I learned a lot. I did too, man. Brad, thank you so much. Oh, thank y'all for the opportunity. I I enjoyed it thoroughly. I I appreciate the opportunity. We always appreciate you, man. Thanks for all your your help uh, that you helped Bandit and Avery with, and you're always there with us. We appreciate you. (laughs) 